Hey guys, this is Jess from The Design Cure. I'm here with Brian. Hey guys. So today we have an exciting episode. We're going to be speaking with Sarah Danielle, the CEO and co-founder of My Dome Studio. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Great. So you are an interior designer. You, your background is interior design. Is that right? That's right. I am, or I was a full-time interior designer. And were you doing um, commercial or residential work when you were working? So I actually was doing 99% residential and focused mostly on kitchens and baths mm -hmm. and as well a bit of, um, we do like additions and renovations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was reading your story and it's, I, I saw that you were, you had your own business and you were, you were managing a bunch of projects and you were trying to figure out how um to manage all these projects yeah that's, that's right wow. yeah so i actually had you know a pretty typical transition like into ownership i guess for a mm -hmm. lot of people um so i went to school for interior design and um i got a bachelor's and then you know followed the normal path or one path i should say where you end up working for people and you mm -hmm. got great experience loved it ended up eventually actually getting laid off from a smaller firm. Um, and then that's when I went to business for myself and wanted to find a way to manage these projects because I wasn't ready to be making more hires yet and you know how to be more efficient with my time and be more profitable. That's cool. Can I, can I actually rewind a little bit? Like um, what, what ended up getting you into interior design in the first place? Well, that's like, a good question. <laughs> I think I've just always really liked it over the years i've been thinking about how it happened um and you hear all like a lot of the same stories from interior designers but like mine was seriously like i was that kid that moved my furniture in my bedroom as cheesy uh, as it that is. was like, me <laughs> yeah right yeah. <laughs> and i would wait till my parents were like oh yeah like we're going out for like an hour and i would drag everything around <laughs> um you know i figured out i could pull the drawers out to make it lighter and a move um you know i can remember when i was like 14 and after my mom had gone to bed I had decided to start painting my room because I knew she wouldn't let me do what I wanted I was like staying up at night <laughs> in the dark painting um because I just had this vision that I had to do um but I've always just really liked design and space mm -hmm. and loved residential from the very beginning I've always been quite obsessed with homes and layouts and flow of space so as a as a younger person you were you were just kind of playing around and then you got into you know deciding to go and was it like high school or something when you kind of realized maybe I should start looking into this a little bit more professionally or was that college yeah. um it was definitely in high school trying to mm -hmm. figure out where I want to be I knew I loved um things that were creative but I also knew early on that I had a technical side to myself I liked math I liked precision um and I actually at one point really thought about graphic design a lot more and I was being pushed that way, but mm -hmm. I knew I didn't have the creative vision to just come up with ideas like that. What, like as far as graphics go, that wasn't somewhere that I was really strong in. I had actually talked about a bit about product design, thinking about it from that side. And it just, I don't know, residential and interior design just felt right. It was so probably somewhere around the age of 18, I think um that was a crazy yeah. time i think for all of us like i was in the same boat i actually ended up going to school for visual effects and before that it was graphic design and it's like there's so many routes to go with creativity and you just 
it's you're at such a loss at that age and yeah. a lot of people struggled with that well they, they blend into each other a lot right there's so much overlap and you right. really need to know i think where your strengths lie and you really don't know probably until you explore them um where like even in the interior design industry i learned early on i'm not a very good decorator like at all but yet space planning and understanding like yeah. volume and scale and from that side of things and just solving like technical design issues, mm -hmm. I feel like I have a stronger ability there. Um, so even that, you it kind of niche down. Like I really loved cabinetry and building out, yeah, like millwork and all of those really, really finite details of structural and space. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm more towards um, space planning and that than, than decorating. I, I've always sort of gravitated towards that more. Yeah, it's pretty cool eh? how we all had a kind of, you have your thing that you, know, you like to do. Once you know what it is and you're good at, then you can really excel at it. Right? Yeah. And so you kind of realize these skills and uh, you, the technical ability is, is interesting. We're going to come to that when we start talking about your platform, that, your awesome platform that you built. But um, so you went from in school and then you kind of learned the traditional background of interior design. And then from there, did you actually end up putting any, like what kind of technical tools did you learn there that you've held on to? I uh, like technical tools from school specifically. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if it's software. Or... Um, definitely if there was software. So we learned mm -hmm. a lot. My program was really heavy on AutoCAD. So mm -hmm. we did a ton of AutoCAD, SketchUp. 3D Max, um, those are probably the ones that, Photoshop, <laughs> we definitely did a lot of Photoshop. Um, and that was at the time when I was in school too, rendering, there wasn't really great rendering techniques. So we were actually or like rendering, like quick render software, so those didn't, weren't readily available. So mm -hmm. we did a ton of Photoshop. And so that was really fun, like learning all the traditional techniques and um of how to like render your spaces like in photoshop so that was fun i know you guys are really good at it Thank you. Uh, um, yeah. yeah i mean yeah. photoshop seems to be the most versatile i think across most creative platforms not just interior design but i've been using it you know through graphic design through visual effects and um also like just with business having a business and just being able to quickly throw stuff together has been um really crucial for us to have you know, just to have something to always go back to. Yeah, it's a really versatile tool that you can use for just so many different needs, right? Right. And it's professional. So let's keep going with your story. You're in college, you learned yourself where you learned the principles of interior design. And then afterwards, you jumped right into um, a studio, I think you mentioned. Yeah, so I actually worked at a couple different places, some things on and off the resume there. But um, at one point, I actually, earlier on, I switched over to working for a design build company and was put in a position that as a junior, I probably shouldn't have been doing because I didn't really have enough experience yet. But the benefit was that I actually learned a lot really fast because it was sink or swim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I really didn't want to sink because it was just it was for me on paper like this is the dream job like it's design build i get to have my own projects i'm doing a lot of kitchens and bathrooms and doing some environmental products um yeah it was really just kind of where i wanted to be and um but that meant i had to come up with some processes so because it was really only myself doing mm -hmm. way too much work 
and um, which meant I had to keep everything organized because I just wasn't going to work 16 hour days. Like, that was just not going to happen. Right. <laughs> um, and at the time, I started using um, basically like a binder, like what we were taught in school. So I was really, really organized with keeping everything printed and, and organized and um, updated and, you know, building out spec binders for the job sites. And then eventually we had a junior that was hired under me. And so her and I started coming up with at the time, like we weren't, we weren't software developers. So we started using, you know, Excel's and we would pre-build out all of these different options and have it kind of be like this click and choose. So when you started a project, you could sit down and be like, Hey, I'm working on a bathroom. These are all the things I need to spec. And be able to quickly like manage all of the design selections and the order of operations that you needed to do to make sure your contract was signed and everything else that happens from beginning to end. So we did that all in Excel and it was And this was, this was you and a few other colleagues. It was a pretty small studio. Yeah, it was really small. It was like, there was two owners, you know, a couple of contractors, a salesperson, and then myself as the lead designer at the time and then a junior designer so i think it's such a valuable experience to be involved in something like a really small studio in the beginning exactly for the reasons you said because you wear like so many different hats right Right. so yeah and it's you learn a lot right and you probably i probably made a ton of mistakes too um but I, i really attribute that first like real work experience to setting the stage for what was to become like my Doma studio because I just think back to why I decided to build this thing in the end and you know kind of look at your experiences that lead you to make a decision yeah so you you let's let's talk about that so you kind of you took like all this information that you got from working at the small studio you guys you know worked together to to build this system and you you said you know what I could probably you know go out on my own and and make this happen for for myself at some point right yeah, except for, uh, I don't mind sharing that. I was actually laid off at one point because just lack of work. This was actually a job after this one. Okay. Um, that was another small studio. Yeah. yeah, and that's okay. I mean, it's real world, so Absolutely. it was, I was like, okay, well, maybe it's time now. I have a good couple years of experience. Maybe it's time that I try this on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was like, okay, what have I learned and what can I apply and what didn't work? And it was really about how do we streamline the process? How can we repeat things to go faster? Um, and how can you manage multiple projects at the same time when you are, you know, offering a face-to-face custom service, right? Like how do you, you're only one person. So how do you manage all your time effectively? Yeah, that's, I, I was in a similar situation too, where I was laid off and kind of thrown into the fire and having to really go off on my own and it's scary at first too oh yeah yeah but you know that's kind of how you learn the most too yeah when you have to just sink or swim right right (laughs) figure it out yeah um yep i had the same uh, problem laid off as well and i think it just like builds this fire in you yeah and you're like that is not gonna happen again no, yeah. no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm not giving up. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I was working for myself, growing my business. And at the time, um, so my husband is my business partner oh, and awesome. yeah, thank you. So, um, at the time he wasn't, but I had actually enlisted his services to help me build the first version of my job. And the first version was really just for myself and mm-hmm. it was so I could manage projects and you know work with clients and sell my services online 
I had this vision of where I wanted to be with it. And so he helped me build that. And I know exactly what you're thinking now about the business coaching. So I was doing um, basically working with other designers online on Google Plus at the time. Mm-hmm. And we were doing like kind of this little video show and talking about benefits designers and yeah, different platforms and products. And so right. that's probably. And um, it was while doing that experience that um, I had been talking about what I was building for my own business. And at one point I just like say it out loud. I'm like, Hey, like I'm building this thing for other designers. Cause I figured mm-hmm. I should, I should test it because I had a couple people ask me about how do they get in my dome studio? Mm-hmm. Said this a thousand times, but I was like, you don't get one cause it's mine. So mm-hmm. I figured, <laughs> why don't I just, you know, throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. And sure so- enough, people did, they contacted me and said, well, how, do, how can I get one? Mm-hmm. Is this, so my Doma studio was actually your studio in the beginning that you kind of just expanded to bring other people into. Is That's that- right. Okay. Yeah. So it was built for me, Sarah Daniele, the interior designer. Um, I was creating design packages, giving away for design, um, consumers to buy from me online and work with me online and, and, and a hybrid combo like face, face-to-face and online. Um, That's cool. And so when we made when people enough designers asked me about it you know i was like okay we should probably do some research like how big is the market really because mm-hmm. i hadn't even approached the problem i was solving you know when i was solving the problem for myself it was a very different market i was thinking about um so then i started researching how big the market was and okay well how many designers are out there that are having the same problems of trying to streamline their design business so they can actually grow and um realized it was a substantial market, even though it was quite niche. Um, And so then I went back to my husband and I said to him, Hey, do you want to do this all over again? By the way, it took us about a year to build my dome the first time. Um, Because I was consulting, he was working full time, we got married in there. Um, You know, (laughs) this is something we were just kind of like building for myself. So but we worked hard, like evenings and weekends, and he was really helping me grow my business. Um, so then I said to him, do you want to do it again? (laughs) (laughs) We've just spent, um, an entire year doing this. Mm -hmm. You want to start all over again? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Now what, what, um, specialties does your husband bring to the table? Uh, so he is, um, a a web developer engineer. So yeah, so that worked. Perfect. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, so what about like, the business side, like I think, um, you know, a, a platform and streamlining is, is a great thing, but you got to get the clients in the door too, right? Mm-hmm. Does Mydoma help with matching clients with yeah. interior designers as well? Or is it just kind of like a place to bring your client to? Yeah, great question. So right now, um, and for the foreseeable future, it is really a place for you to bring your clients. Um, there was other... Uh, softwares and services that matched and did that type of um, Mm -hmm. service, I should say. And we really just wanted to create a professional tool that was branded entirely to the designer that allowed them to manage their clients and projects. But we give them some tools to allow them to help them find clients. We didn't want to hand them the clients because then that meant that we owned part of that right? Mm -hmm. Like we, 
uh, like my Doma's brand was was a part of the solution, and we really didn't want to. We wanted to be a software that was in the background mm-hmm. that just allowed you know um, Susie's designs to shine, let her be who she is, and let and maybe she does um, a, a southern flair, right? And then right. you have someone else that's um, out of New York City and like completely different style, different taste, different price have you know each designer be their own brand and mm-hmm. attract the clientele that's best for them based on their location and the, you know, the uniqueness of them yeah it's really cool like i mean there's so much buzz and like awesome feedback that we hear about your company all the time and um, i think it's because you really help to build like a huge back end for people to make their own in, in whichever mm-hmm. way they want to it's like super flexible yeah it's basically like we're basically giving them the ability to white label a software. So, right. Um, right. Like it's all about them. We can be completely wiped out of the branding, but we do uh, make an effort to obviously help them find clients um, while still staying in the background. So we built a tool called what I, what we call design packages. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a really unique way that you can sell your services online. So you can create um, basically it's, anything digital that you want to sell online. So anything you can digitize. Um, so for example, you could create a room to go. You could set up a price point for this design package and add in a selection of furniture and finishes, maybe some guidelines on how to DIY this room yourself and sell that. And then customers can buy that off of you and, um, be able to shop, set it all up themselves, shop the products they want, but they can also contact the designer that they bought from and ask for additional time, which, you know, majority of the time the consumer actually wants, needs mm-hmm. more help. <laughs> um, so, the, so it's a great way to establish a, a relationship with the designer they're buying from. So long answer here. We basically give them this tool and they can yeah, sell rooms to go. They could sell an ebook they've created. They could sell a mood board. They could sell an initial consultation, a gift certificate, whatever they can dream up. They can basically easily create this digital package and sell it. They can put on their own page for sale. They can embed it on their websites into newsletters, you know, mm-hmm. share socially. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds like it solves tons of problems that would would really like have to involve so much, you know, web design on 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 your own side. If you were like just a freelancer yeah. out there trying to piece all this stuff together, mm-hmm. it would just be a mess. And it would, um, you know, that's why it took you so long to develop it, right? Yeah, and it's it's the whole flow, right? So for us, it was like, okay, let's create them. So this was part of the original vision. It's for me, back Sarah Daniele designer wanted to sell her services online and make it really easy to do that. But I knew that if I was selling stuff online, especially back then, it was 2013, I felt very confident that people weren't ready to just buy online and go execute themselves back then. So I said, well, I think we need to have a way to collaborate with that client. Mm-hmm. You know, we're actually work together. Not, I just, I really felt strongly they weren't just going to 2013, just hit by now. Yep. Sure. I'll spend $2,000 and go execute this myself. Um, now I think things have changed a lot where people will self-serve a lot more because we buy everything online. Um, but it was really important that we gave our designers the ability to work entirely online, a hybrid model, 
um, but really serve the consumers that were buying from them. So whether that was just a quick message after they bought it, or you know, you set up a Skype call or any type of video call, we want to make it easy for them to work with the people that were interested in buying their services. So the designers that are currently on the platform, what are some of the things that you see that makes them successful and stand out from, you know, some of the other designers that don't sell as many packages and that? It's really about making those packages visually appealing. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. And so again, we don't give them tools for graphic design, mm-hmm. um, but I know you guys do, do some teaching on that. So, I mean, that's <laughs> the biggest thing they need to do, right? Is be able, yeah. if they can create some, we give them the ability to quickly, quickly create these packages, but if the ones that put some visual interest in them, mm-hmm. they do way better. Um, if they personalize them, we see those kind of designers. And then it's really about with most things you can't, if you know, that mentality, if you build it, they will come. It's mm-hmm. not like that. Like you have to, you have to hustle a bit, right? It's great that you, yeah. the goal here is like, we give them the tool to build it really fast, but then you need to market it. Right. So yeah. Newsletters it, and social. And, if it was easy, you know, everybody would do it and yeah. everybody would be happy and successful, yeah. but just not, that's not how it goes. Yeah, you got you to gotta work at it. And you got to test. It depends on your market too. So mm-hmm. we see the people that are most successful are testing different options. They're not just doing one thing and keep doing that thing over and over again. They'll change price points. They'll try some packages that are free as lost leaders and then get you know the client in the door so then they can upsell them into maybe more of a custom service. Um, we see people doing like small, you know, a couple hundred dollar consultation, which then leads into here, let me give you a discount off a full project, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many ways you can use it. You just have to think what's, think what's best for your target market and try and experiment. So would you suggest a, like if a, if, if a freelancer was out there and they're marketing, let's say on Instagram or something, and then, and they're a part of your, your, your platform. Do they just put the link in their Instagram and just, you know, have every, all the traffic head to that link. And then when they land on the homepage, is there kind of like a sales page there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they can put that main link like to their studio. Um, Mm -hmm. They could set it to, so we give them the ability to set um, different package categories. So you could say consultations, e-design, rooms to go, whatever you want. So you could link them to one of those specific pages and then they could see all the optional things you have for sale. You can also embed those directly onto their own website. So if they wanted to create a very custom sales page, Mm -hmm. they could do that and then funnel the people from Instagram directly to their sales page and then have the packages live there and um, click through to buy. Yeah, so I, I kind of played around with the MyDoma platform. You guys have a shopping list feature on there, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing that I thought was pretty cool because it's what I was looking for for my clients at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, just being able to send them a list for them to purchase from. Yeah, um, we really wanted like an interactive um, or a collaborative experience, right? So give the... Um, the designer, the ability to spec out products and then have the client come in and either approve a specific product or flag it. Because a right. revision is a big, it's, are things that take time. So, What kind of dog do you have? I knew you are going to hear that. <laughs> Two big dogs. And they are... <laughs> um, 
I hid them outside, but I think they have either snuck in or <laughs> are just being Going, really loud. <laughs> I grew up with yeah. lots of Labradors. Um, are those, uh, those sound like, like even bigger than Labradors? Though? Um, they're like, they're lab mixes. Oh, okay. So we've had one for a while. He was actually our office dog named Kai and we called him, he was our chief morale officer, <laughs> but he, his morale wasn't very good because he needed a friend. So <laughs> we said, you're bringing the office down, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got him a friend. So. Now he has a um, another lab boxer mix, hmm. and the two of them are always uh, causing trouble, and they're loud. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, um, what's uh, what's new for my doma this year? We're kind of coming to the end here of the uh, interview, and I just, what do you what what are you excited about this year? Ah, it's great timing. So we actually just formed um, our first uh, partnership with a new vendor. So we're going to be working with Kravit Inc. Or we are working with them. Oh, nice. And yeah, we're going to be offering um, curated Kravit products direct in my Doma studio. So this will give our customers or our designers, I should say, the ability to um, spec their products at mm -hmm. and buy them direct at a wholesale pricing. And then that's the text textile company. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah. So they have um, a line called curated Kravit, which is mm -hmm. decorative items and small <gasps> furniture, mm -hmm. things like that. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So just, um, you know, cause previously we had a catalog tool and, um, designers were able to add their own products to the catalog and then add mm -hmm. those to projects, mark them up, invoice them, create POs, which, is still staying there, not going anywhere, but we've, you know, we've been having a lot of conversations and understanding more of the pain points. And one of the pain points was the ability to um, spec product mm -hmm. that they already knew was in stock and they already knew what their pricing was. Um, so we're, we're exploring that avenue to see what the, what, what, what else we can do. So are you guys planning on bringing more vendors out? onto the platform in the future? We'd like to. So yeah. we are, our product, so it's part of our vision. We'd like to be able to introduce more specific trade vendors mm -hmm. um, to our design ba designer base. And we're really, really built on our, the feedback of our customers. A good portion of the platform over the years has come from them. So again, we're opening it up, just saying, let us know, what do you like? What don't you like? Right. Um, and let's, you know, let's expand with the feature. So it's technically in a beta version right now, this newest edition. Mm -hmm. And so we're actively, you know, working with our designers and gaining their feedback and preparing some you know, additions and improvements over the next, let's say, six to eight months. Cool. All right, so last question here. Um, basically for designers out there who are part of your platform or maybe not part of your platform yet and who are maybe new to the business and uh, just you know ready to kick butt and make their passion a true business what advice would you give these people who are wanting to start out and crush it well what's the one i'd probably have to say this point in time you know get out there and meet people Mm -hmm. um, and find somebody to keep you accountable. It can be very lonely and hard when you're first starting and you're going to have a lot of ups and downs. 
um, hopefully more ups, but it is quite, it can be quite difficult. So the more you get out of your house and go and meet with other designers, learn from people, people are so willing to sit down with you. They'll feel very humbled and very like willing to share information. So go, go buy someone a cup of coffee, ask them about their business and mentorship, right? Yeah. It's, Mm. it's worth its weight in gold. Um, you know, and then you'll grow a successful business and then you'll pass that on to another young designer, but yeah, go meet people. I mean, online is really good too, but I just think sometimes we can get really like secluded in our own little Mm -hmm. bubbles. Um, yeah, it gets lonely. It it does get lonely. Right. And then you're also comparing yourself to other people. And when you're just starting a business, you, oh, that's another good advice. I can't, it's, I can't take it as my own, but I received it at one point that you cannot compare your beginning to someone else's middle or end. Hmm. I like that. Right. Yeah. So smart. Yeah. Cause it can feel really lonely and defeating and you're like, why am I not good enough? Or why don't I have a hundred clients? Why don't I have a book deal yet? And you're like, well, you just started, <laughs> you know, you got to start at the beginning and work your way up there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to add to that, like um, this whole on, uh, online movement. I think the, the biggest thing that kind of sets people apart that I, I've noticed is whether you're willing to kind of just put your face out there, do some videos and don't just be hiding behind images all the time, you know? Um, do some video and get, make sure your clients know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And be authentic, right? Like don't, mm-hmm. you can't worry about perfection. Um, you just, you just got to do it. Yeah. Just do it. Like the yeah, Nike. That's, it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get a Nike sponsorship. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much. I know. Thank you, Sarah. We appreciate your time. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm happy to have chat with you. Sorry that the dogs got a little loud there. No problem. We learned something new about you. (laughs) Labradors. Yeah, if I could have like five, I would. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to that episode with Sarah from My Doma Studio. If you want to check out their platform, make sure to head over to mydomastudio.com. They have a free trial on their site so make sure to check that out and speaking of free trials we talked a little bit about photoshop today and some other softwares that are just vital to have in your design business so head on over to the designcure.com today and start your free trial and start learning some of the software thanks again for listening and happy designing